The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach would be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more, SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race trips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT2020 at SlayRx.com for 10% off. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and SlayRx. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a college professor who is nearly done grading his final exams, which is very exciting. And I'm the father of twin boys. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a CPA 
whose job is not nearly as exciting as grading final exam <laughs> papers. And I am a mom to three girls. And we have back with us, Eric Hall, Tech Eric. As promised. <laughs> I am Eric Hall. Uh, I'm a father of two teenagers, um, both heading off to college here shortly. Um, I'm a husband to a beautiful wife. I'm an ultra athlete and coach. And I like talking about technical stuff with Michelle. <laughs> Great. Very good. Very good. We have Eric back because we are going to be talking today about tech and gear that you might consider buying for yourself if you're an endurance athlete or better yet for the endurance athlete in your life as you are celebrating the holidays here over the course of the next little while here and we talked about all sorts of different ways that we might set this up like what the format was going to be um, and ultimately because we couldn't agree upon a format we just decided that we're all going to choose three things and just share them with you so michelle what you got so I thought I would talk about uh, a gift that maybe keeps on giving, and it's a subscription to Like the Wind magazine. I'm not sure if anybody who listens has actually ever read it, but it's published. It comes from London. Um, you can get a yearly subscription. I think it's 33 pounds. I happen to purchase it issue by issue because no one's ever bought me a subscription and I've never paid for one for myself, but it's just a bunch of different independent authors. There's a bunch of writing in there about all sorts of different ventures into endurance sports. And it's printed on matte paper. It's beautifully, um, you know, the drawings and everything. And I think that if we all have Runner's World and Track and Field and Triathlete and all these other magazines, this is sort of just the next level up. It's almost like a coffee table uh, magazine. So I think it's a great gift because it just keeps showing up throughout the year. Right on. How often does it come out? every quarter. Right. So I typically pay 11 pounds every time it comes out, which ends up being 15 or $16. Mm -hmm. um, you can get it much cheaper if you just subscribe for the year. I'm not sure why I don't do that. That's a whole other problem I have. But um, if someone wants to buy it for me, you know, feel free. <laughs> All right. Like but the wind, you said? Like the wind magazine. All right. So, so, so tell us, like the wind magazine, tell us one of the really good articles you read over there over the course of the past year. Um, they have a whole kind of... I guess the most recent issue is all about just, you know, how people have taken opportunities, kind of seized the moment in the pandemic and done stuff that they ordinarily wouldn't have been able to do, whether their life, you know, was typically commuting to and from an office or traveling for a job. And I think it was just a great way to go in. And I mean, we talk a lot on here about what we're all doing to stay sane or stay busy or new goals. And it's just a whole collection of people from all around the world. And even though we're all in different places and we might all, you know, participate in different types of endurance sports, the common thread of just, you know, figuring out something to do and doing something different and creating a new challenge and kind of just hanging in there for whatever 2020 brings is, it's really well written. So that was issue 25. It just came out. Awesome. Are you able to stay on top of it? No. <laughs> I get way behind and then I'll and then I only want to read the most recent one mm -hmm. but when I take a few days off or uh, like if I go skiing or something and I just know I'm going to have a lot of downtime then I might take this with me instead of taking a book like this this stays on my nightstand with that whole stack of books that I want to read type of thing so right um, I've never regretted purchasing an issue since um, I learned about the publication and I actually learned about it on the morning shakeout podcast. Um, 
So I know we've talked about Mario Furley and his newsletter and his podcast on here a bit, but uh, he's had the author on and I just, it's a great story. So that one was a good one to start with. Um, and I, I think it reminds me of a lot of things. My, my former students, I have a couple of former students who actually started a quarterly magazine about uh, politics in the South and it's super good. Um, but they just released their last quarterly print magazine and they're transitioning to an online magazine instead. Um, and uh, I think online magazines and newsletters and stuff like that are actually very popular right now. You just mentioned Mario Fraioli in the morning shakeout. He has a really good newsletter. Um, you know, we've talked about the Fast Women newsletter that you can get in your uh, your, 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 your inbox. Alex Hutchinson's been on a, a podcast sure. guest here for he has one that he sends out about every month and his is mostly to be fair it's mostly all the various articles he's written and outside online and various other places over the course of the preceding month but right. um but yeah there's lots of really good subscription based um things out there that you can get um and it sounds like this one like the wind it's, it's more they're long form and, and more thoughtful right it is long form it's more thoughtful and um you might not agree because you're so much older than me, but I happen to still <laughs> <laughs> want to hold a book. <laughs> Ooh, both of you are older than me. Um, I like holding the magazine. It's a thick, uh, you know, it's not, I read all those online newsletters. I, I get them in my inbox. I know that on Monday morning, fast women will take me about 15 to 18 minutes to read as I'm warming up on the treadmill. Um, but there's something different about having kind of a magazine slash book. It's, come to you in the mailbox, sit down with a cup of coffee, I don't know, a glass of wine, beer, whatever, um, and just take your time and, and read through it. So uh, their whole vibe is like a collection of stories by runners for runners, beautifully illustrated. So, and I like that there's a lot of um, stuff in there, like off on the trails and ultras and um, just different types of adventure racing stories and just a big mix of endurance sports that people submit uh, stories about, so. Awesome. So Michelle, when you get the magazine, I agree there's something about the tactile nature of a book or a really thick magazine. You know, it's not like the magazine that's on the counter at no. the dentist or anything. Right. It's a it's a thick one and you can you can push your phone to the side and kind of disconnect and just be there with the, the words. But when you get it, what do you do first? What's the first thing you open to? Um, I typically want to see the pictures in the middle there's, there's just something I don't really understand art. I know that sounds, maybe people can understand that I don't understand art based on what I do for my profession, but there's something about the art in this magazine that really speaks to me. So I can almost look at the art and figure out what the piece is going to be about. Um, and typically I'm right. So I'll try to just go through a little bit and find some of the most detailed, uh, I guess, images or pictures, artwork, whatever. I see, I don't even know what to call it and see if I can figure out like, what is the writer going to talk about? What was his experience based on uh, what the drawing was? Because the drawing is illustrated, you know, by somebody who's not the author of the piece that's in the magazine. So um, I also just think it's just, it's just like craft. It's Simon Freeman is the person who started it and there's nothing else like it. I mean, they're just, I don't know of any other, um, magazine or book or anything that's really out there like this and i'm not saying there isn't i just i personally don't know about it so yeah. I'm, I'm i'm with it um i think it's a great suggestion and you and i both talked when we interviewed katie arnold about how much we enjoyed her book not only because of the subject matter but also just because she was a good writer 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's, yeah. And so, so I, I think there's definitely that too, is that you want to read about a subject that we like, um, but you also do want to read some good writing about it, you know, like yeah. it's not just enough that, that the subject matter is what it is. I mean, there's some real garbage that comes up on, on, in Runner's World and, and, and other similar magazines. So, so yeah, writing, reading some really good writing about a topic that we're interested in. Yeah, that appeals. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I've got episode, episode, I've got issue 16 in my hand right now, which is from a few years ago. It was two pounds cheaper back then. It was only nine pounds, um, but it's 114 pages. So, you know, it's about 20 to 25 different long form stories. And I just, I can't even explain how much I love this. So I think it's a gift that keeps on giving if you're looking for something different for your running friend or endurance athlete friend in your life. So right on Eric. What you got? I don't have anything to beat that. <laughs> oh, please. Podcast <laughs> over. Thanks, everybody. Everybody go subscribe to Like the Wind. Come on, tell us about the socks. <laughs> well, hey, that's great. That is great. That's what I wanted to talk about. And this is, this is funny. Um, you mentioned, I'm going to talk about socks for a second. And the reason why I picked socks is because you've got a wide range of prices. You've got a wide range of what they can uh, provide to you. Are they compression socks? Are they warm weather socks? Are they cold weather socks? Some people like the short no seams. I'm not a big fan of those because the dirt always gets in them on me. Some people like them all the way up and over their knees like George. <laughs> <laughs> and so some good. people <laughs> like them single color. I have these nice <laughs> black CEP socks I like. My daughter likes green socks. And uh, I've seen your sock drawer, Michelle, because you took a picture of that to show me all the socks in your sock drawer. Excuse me. And some people like, some people like color and they like flair. So I think these are a really cool product because um, they connect you to your shoes, which connect you to the ground. Uh, they're really a requirement for most athletes. Some people are most ultra athletes. Some people don't wear them and they'll wear sandals, but I think most of us need a good sock that interface between you and the shoe, which is the interface between you and the ground. So I think they're really important. And I'll be honest with you till about uh, two years ago, I didn't even know what a good pair of socks was. I bought the cheapest six pack I could buy. And that's that what is I so used. sad. It is. It is. And then my, my daughter, she, she started working at a shoe store and she said, dad, come by for father's day and I'm going to buy you some socks. And I went in there and she uh, bought me some uh, she bought me a couple pair of Belega socks, which I love. I absolutely love these socks. Um, she bought me a, a pair of nice, tall CEP recovery socks. And you've seen me wearing those, Michelle, during the Blue Ridge Relay. And I Yeah, you guys were all sporting those recovery socks. <laughs> wearing up. With the recovery shoes. <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I had this epiphany that these are, a, this is a big deal. And, and, you know, those, some socks cost a lot of money. And the thing about some runners is they're very, very practical and they won't go spend that money on themselves. You know, I, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade. That means I try to, I try to make everything work and last. That's part of the, part of the trade. And I was unwilling to spend money on socks until my daughter said, come you know, to the store and I'll buy you some socks. And I'll just say that that was a really cool experience. So if you want to get something special for someone and you want to get something that they will use, they will enjoy, uh, do a little research on a, on a particular brand of socks or different brands of socks. And I've named uh, Belega and uh, CEP. CEP is really known for supportive compression type socks. 
but there's other companies like Stance, which Michelle introduced me to. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have a wide range of colors and they're high quality socks also. And they I think also have a holiday gift guide on their website. So oh, really? They do have a gift guide. You can buy two or three pair in a box. Um, yeah, man, if someone gave me three pair of stance socks for the holidays, I would be super excited. Stan Not I, that I so need I, any more socks, but. <laughs> I, I've never run in stance socks. I run in CEP socks, but, uh, but stance are my favorite, like just casual socks. Um, and, and I wear funky socks often enough that I've become known for it amongst my students. And some yeah, of them actually so cool. gave them to me as a gift last year. That's um, awesome. It was awesome, which I very much appreciated. So yeah, socks, I'm going to say, those are one of those things. I'm glad you brought this up, Eric. Those are one of those things that, that they, they're, they're in the grand scheme of thing, they're a pretty minor investment, but they have an outsized impact on your overall happiness and satisfaction with your running or cycling or whatever it happens to be. Um, I would put tires and cycling in the same category. Um, and, and here's Michelle rolling her eyes at us right now. Tires are the same, Michelle, and that, that if, you, if you buy a slightly more expensive pair of set of tires, it will change the ride of your bike on the road. Um, and it will make for a more comfortable ride and ultimately a better ride and a more enjoyable ride uh, in the same way that, that changing your socks will. I would agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's lots of like daily stuff like this that you can buy tires, uh, socks. It's stuff that like you use some version of it anyway. Like you wear socks, you have tires on your bike, but it's like a slightly better one or a slightly nicer one. Um, they're everyday, normal, regular stuff that you're using anyway. And we're just saying spend a little bit more money or give it to somebody, you know, that's an endurance athlete. Um, and it can have an outsized impact on the quality of, uh, their ride or their run or their overall endurance sports experience. I would also put like Slayer X in this category. Um, our sponsor, of course, Slayer X, you all are familiar with them. Um, hydration products like Slayer X, I would definitely put in this category. Um, now Slayer X, I think is actually a particularly good one because it costs as much as any other drink, any other hydration mix, but they actually have all the different specific formulas that you can use based on the results of your sweat quiz that you can take on their website at slayrx.com, S-L-A-Y-R-X.com. Um, and of course, you know, if you really want to splurge, pay for them to actually get one of the uh, sweat tests at SlayRx uh, at their facility there. Um, and then they can really fine tune a lot as well. Um, like a lot of the different things we're talking about tonight, SlayRx actually has a couple of things going on. Uh, they're doing free shipping on all orders starting on Friday, on Black Friday. Um, and then they're doing a Cyber Monday giveaway. So that's uh, November 30th. Um, uh, on November 30th, Cyber Monday, if you follow them on Instagram um, at here4slayrx, um, and so that's here, H-E-R-E, then the number four, then SlayRx, S-L-A-Y-R-X. If you follow them on Instagram, um, then uh, they have a giveaway. Um, and so, so check that out too. So anyway, um, while we're talking about these sort of everyday things that, that I think that uh, can improve your experience, um, definitely socks, definitely tires, definitely an enhanced hydration product like SlayRx. The one thing I would suggest that you not give a runner in your life is a shirt. <laughs> um, now, now that's a great question because you guys posed this whole gift thing to me weeks ago and do you remember what i put at the top did you put a shirt no i put three things <laughs> at the top that no one should ever try to buy a runner just okay. off the shelf okay i said don't go buy them a shirt because runners can be very particular about their shirts mm -hmm. i said don't go buy them a pair of shorts 
because runners are so that's a horrible idea about their shorts and i said never go buy a runner a pair of what shoes i'm sure shoes unless you are intimately aware of what kind of shoes they wear the size they wear the width and what they need uh that's just a non-starter they will be super i wouldn't even want them then (laughs) i I, I wouldn't even want them then because i i refuse to buy a pair of shoes unless i run in them a little bit um unless, unless i can see what they feel like right uh, which is the reason why we always say go to a running special store in order to buy your shoes so you can run around them a little bit before you actually purchase them and see, see whether you like them. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you just said, Eric. Well, I had a fun fact. You like fun facts. I do like fun facts. So uh, when, uh, when Grace pulled out the Balega socks, I instantly knew what Balega meant. Does anybody know what it means? Tell me. Run. In Italian? In what, language? what language? Ah, it's from Portuguese? South Africa. I was oh, going to say South, South Africa. South Africa. Uh, the language Kosa, which uh, my South African son Vizumzi speaks, uh, Balega means run. So when I was coaching there, uh, when we when we wanted them to go, it's Balega, Balega, Balega. Right on. Good to know. So is it Afrikaans? What language did you say that no, it was? It's, it's oh no, 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 no. Kosa. Oh, okay. So let's, let, let, let's, hear, let's hear your click, Eric. Come on, let's hear it, man. Uh, there's no, there's no click in Kosa. There, there is. It's a guttural. There's an opening. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Nelson Mandela was Kosa. So very good. Right. So that's yeah. indigenous, Michelle, whereas um, Afrikaans is uh, blended non-indigenous. And run in Afrikaans is adu. Yeah, my in-laws are from Cape Town, so I'm totally <laughs> going to check this fact right when we get off this Please do. Soon. Please I, do. Don't worry. Very good. Very good. All right. So I thought a little bit about which one I should lead with. Um, uh, I've already kind of glommed on to some of the things that, that, that Eric and Michelle have said. Um, I'm going to suggest kind of uh, similar to what Michelle said um, about a subscription. Um, I would suggest you look into subscriptions if you're looking for a gift for the cyclist in your life um, and they're looking to do more indoor cycling as the weather is turning bad or um, for whatever other reason, um, that you give them a subscription to uh, Zwift or Sufferfest or Full Gas or Trainer Road. Um, we've talked on this podcast a few months ago. We had a couple of guests came on and uh, talked about the uh, testing that we all did of lots of different indoor cycling platforms. Um, and, uh, and we all, uh, agreed that full gas was beautiful. It's this, uh, this, this, uh, app that enables you to ride recorded scenes from or recorded courses from around the world. Um, and it's great. Uh, trainer road. Um, I have a trainer road workout tomorrow morning, a group workout, a virtual workout tomorrow morning. I can write the workout in trainer road. And then there's a zoom like interface that enables me to do the workout with up to 11 other people at the same time. So we're all getting together at six 30 tomorrow morning and doing the same workout. Um, Sufferfest is it's more marketing himself now as the Wahoo cycling app app. Um, because I think that Wahoo, after they bought Sufferfest, are, are trying to sort of change the image a little bit in order to get away from that whole suffering thing, um, because that's probably a little bit less appealing to some people. Um, but, uh, but lots of great things in Sufferfest in terms of workout. They have strength workouts. They have training plans. They have um, uh, yoga, yoga sessions Yeah, that both Eric and I have done before. Um, and then Zwift. Um, Eric had a bad day on Zwift today with some tech failures, so, so don't ask him about Zwift right now. I'm actually supposed to be on Zwift right now myself, but there's been some tech issues. Much to Eric's dismay, by the way, I've also been doing virtual runs on Zwift, um, <laughs> which Eric just cannot wrap his mind around right now. Um, but as many people know, Thanksgiving is the most popular race day in the United States in a normal year. 
And this year I'm doing my virtual PC road race via Zwift on my treadmill. And are you That's actually George. doing a 10K? Okay. So, so I'm doing the, the only group workouts they have on those days. The only scheduled ones they have are actually five K's. And so I signed up for a five K at six 35 AM. And then a second five K at 7 AM. <laughs> um, and so I'll finish the first one and I'll jump directly into the second one. And the second one is actually the Zwift branded Turkey trot. Um, and so I'll get all sorts of badges and, and, and accomplishments and, and kudos and a special shirt and all that sort of thing for my Zwift avatar for doing their Turkey trot. Then plus I will have 10 K worth of running that will count for my virtual peach tree. Um, and so I can wear that shirt in real life for the remainder of the day, which I look forward to. So George, this was, this is a great um, example of the different uses for these different apps though. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you mentioned Zwift. Zwift is truly a game. They actually talk about it as if, as if it's a game. And you talked mm-hmm. about your avatar and you talked about the different things that you can win or earn, whereas full gas is more of an experience, right? For sure. And then sure. you mentioned Trainer Road, which you use as a community training exercise. You use mm-hmm. it to build things and then to bring people together. You know, I, I've seen your posts on Strava. So, so you you're involved in these multiple training apps or cycling apps, but they each have a specific purpose for you. So, I think the the person who's looking at getting one of these for somebody, they should consider what are they going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think that's an excellent point. You're, you're 100% correct. Um, and, and yeah, they all serve very, very different purposes for me. Um, and, and as time has gone on and as the situation in the world changes and as my goals as an athlete change, my uses of each of these things may change as well, or whether I'm using them may change as well. Right. Right. Um, right. and so, so yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's an important thing to consider. Yeah, absolutely. So because yeah, you, you originally got me hooked with Sufferfest mm-hmm. and that's really just about pain, suffering, <laughs> suffering. It really Here? is. In fact, it's all, it, it's about, it's about making fun of you while you suffer and mm-hmm. convincing you to force yourself to suffer more. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the name, I, I remember somebody said to me, they were watching my feed and Strava come across and they said, these names sound terrifying. You know, <laughs> the names of the different rides, you know, hell hath no fury and. Yeah, exactly. A very dark place. <laughs> a very dark place. Yes, two to the best. Uh, but that was sort of the entry drug for me into this whole virtual cycling world. And and now I have the Sufferfest and I've got Zwift, which, you know, it's it's a totally different experience, different purpose. I utilize Sufferfest for the workout. I utilize Zwift for the community experience of riding with you and the other guys we ride mm-hmm. with and then the racing experience because that's mm-hmm. not something you get out of Sufferfest. So Agreed. I think it's a, that's a really cool uh, gift. Uh, I think it's something you can customize to the, the person you're getting it for too. Absolutely. Totally agree. Thank you, Eric. Michelle, what else would you recommend? So I'm uh, debating whether I should even talk about this, but my <laughs> second item, my second gift idea is what I think is basically the best shirt. <laughs> Honestly, I swear. Like I, I have this written down if anybody wants to see. I promise I've, I've had this since before we started. Didn't you have four so you could X one off? Oh, I'm not going to talk about that. No, I'm trying to maintain my self-assurance here. So just let me talk for a minute. All right, all right, go for okay. it. Go for it. I'm sure okay. it's a great shirt um, and it will completely put the lie to 
what we were saying only like five minutes ago about how you should never buy a shirt for a runner. Go ahead. Right. So uh, this is not sponsored, but Tracksmith makes a shirt called the Brighton Base Layer. It's sort of like a merino wool type mesh. Um, they make the same shirt for women and men. And I own two of them. I think about getting a third one almost every single day. I pick them from like 54 degrees down to 30 degrees. I just think it is the absolute best money I've ever spent on any type of shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really care what George and Eric think. Like this is a really good item. So if you want to spend a little bit more money for yourself or for somebody else, um, obviously Tracksmith is online, but uh, Big Peach Running Company carries it locally in a bunch of their stores. We're plugging Big Peach again. Um, and uh, I happen to know a little bit Matt Taylor, who's the CEO of Tracksmith. And I just really like what the company is doing in general, the way that they represent their brand, uh, you know, how they kind of fund and field amateur runners. And I just, I promise you this shirt is amazing. So uh, that's my second item. Right on. Is it, it, it sounds almost like a base layer. Is it, it like, is a base layer. Okay. So, so it's not a shirt. There you go. It's master okay. of the obvious. Okay. No, it's master of the obvious. It's the <laughs> you know, you know, Michelle, it sounds like a base layer. <laughs> I'm trying to help her out. I'm trying to make it where we can say, don't buy anybody a shirt, but get this thing that Michelle just recommended. But, but, well, because it's not Michelle a shirt. It though. It's no, a no, base no. layer. But George, Michelle did it right. She said she bought it for herself. Okay. So, so this isn't a gift you get for somebody else because we don't do that. We don't buy shirts for others. <laughs> but if you want to buy yourself a Christmas gift or a gift in general over the seasons, that's the gift to buy. Right on. Right on. Very good. I like Tracksmith stuff too. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, but, it's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. I had plans to buy Tracksmith has been doing the, the, the pop-up shops at the major marathons, right? Were you going to buy Tokyo stuff? I was going to buy Tokyo stuff because they were going to have a pop-up shop at the Tokyo, yeah. uh, at the Tokyo marathon. Yeah. And then of course we all know what happened. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I had made those plans and they were, they were like two blocks away from the, uh, from the expo or something like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Very I'm cool. convinced I'm buying a Brighton base layer for yourself. I might try to buy one for grace, but, uh, I'll probably buy one for myself first and let her say, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Liz Andrews just did the, she just set a record uh, for solo uh, Appalachian trail and she actually wore all tracksmith all the time. I think it was too hot when she went to, you know, pull out a base layer unless she wore it at night. I never saw any pictures of her running in it, but their stuff is, it's pretty high quality. And um, the amount of times I've worn and washed the shirt makes it, you know, I don't have any problem with the price point, uh, but I would definitely say splurge on it for yourself before you buy it for someone else if you don't already have one. <laughs> so speaking of records and Tracksmith, wasn't there a uh, wasn't there a record that fell this morning by someone wearing Tracksmith? There was. The 10 mile uh, road record was set this morning by a woman who was wearing a pair of, I believe they were the lane five tights, uh, even though they're a pair of shorts by Tracksmith. But yeah, Kiara Zimato is basically just slaying it this year. I think she recently uh, ran a 15.04 5K time trial solo. Um, she's coming back from really a 10-year hiatus in the sport. She didn't start running. Uh, she ran in college, I think American University. Um, she's got pictures with 
you know, a bunch of well-known uh, great professional runners now from her college days and then took 10 years off and kind of came back in 2016. She had a newborn and a toddler and she said it was, she just shouldn't mean to get back into running, but it was kind of her way to uh, get out of some darkness in her life. And now she's very much uh, an Olympic contender, uh, either in the 5k or the 10k. I mean, it'll be interesting to see which one she chooses, but she's just on a total tear. She ran the trials um, and everything she's done. She's basically just taking down records and PRs and we'll see her run the marathon project next month. So uh, yeah, that was a fun record to watch. So yeah, very, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those micro races that are kind of popular with pros right now that they, they got five women together in Washington, DC, and they're the only five people who ran uh, her well, and, and Molly Seidel and a couple others, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was significantly different than some of the other micro races that we've seen. They took the entire organizing committee of the Cherry Blossom 10K, which is like a super famous, mm -hmm. you know, run in the DC area. And she actually paid for um, everything to go into the race, basically self-funded it herself. She brought in you know, other people to run USATF so that she would have drug testing so that if she got the record, it would be ratified. Uh, the road closures, just everything that she needed. And um, they called it the updog 10 miler. So it was a little bit more official than kind of maybe one of these other micro races, but you know, she just saw the opportunity to go after this record. And she said in an interview, I heard her like, why not me? <laughs> I can run this time. Um, and she shattered it. I mean, I think she was close to 60 seconds ahead of it. And yeah. that record had stood for several years, but it came down today. So. Right on, right on. Maybe just, she put on the Brighton base layer after she finished running. I don't know. I, I am certain that she did. And and while we're talking about races, since we digressed into this already, you might've seen the JFK 50 was this past weekend and it was not a micro race. No. Um, and there was, did you see the Washington post article about it? I did see the Washington post article about it. Yeah. yeah. That was some pretty bad press. Uh, my impression from their Facebook page is that it didn't bother them very much. Oh, I don't um, think they even yeah. thought twice about it. Yeah, yeah. So they, they put in place some COVID-19 precautions, but not really significant ones, or at least based on my judgment, they did not appear to be very significant. Um, but um, with that in mind, or, or, or despite that, or setting that aside at least, um, the, uh, as has been the case in so many different places throughout the course of 2020, over the course of the last few months so here, fast. given the opportunity to race, people, people went out are... there and they raced. Um, and so yet another course record was set there. And it's not as if nobody's ever run that, that, that race before it's the oldest and largest ultra marathon in the United States. Brand new course record was set, uh, of 518. So yeah, by Hayden Hawks, super impressive. Uh, and then Camille Heron won the women's race you saw. Um, and she said it was a dream come true because she's always wanted to win the JFK 50 and she did now in 2020. So, all right, Eric, what's your next suggestion? I just wanted to point out one thing. I, I remember about the picture that Michelle posted to our chat about D'Amato's uh, race. She was wearing CEP socks. She was wearing CEP socks. I actually up to her knees, but not folded over or above her knees. Like George. Right. All right, Eric, what you got next? So the second idea I had, and this, this should come as no surprise to anybody who watched the, or listened to the last podcast, uh, I actually think a great gift for runners, whether they're semi-serious or serious, is a GPS watch. And I, I expressed a, a lot of reasons why a GPS watch is a great idea for a runner back in our first podcast. And it really comes down to it provides a way to track your run 
that's simple and easy just by starting and stopping a watch. And we all know that if you want to get in the sport or if you're in the sport and you want to be serious, or if you're in the sport and you want to get better, you need to track your runs. You need to know what kind of workouts you're doing. <clears throat> you need to know in general how many miles you do. And most of us just don't have time to track that on paper or to put it in a spreadsheet or anything like that. So the watch does that for you. Second thing is it, it most of them, the quality ones will track your heart rate too. So you'll get some biometric data and you can balance that with your running and you can start figuring out, you know, what is your max heart rate? What zones um, should you be in when you're doing different types of workouts? And if you're in a structured workout plan, you might even start seeing trends that tell you when you're overtired or when you're not working hard enough or just, there's a lot of information you can get from that simple watch that's on your wrist. So I think a GPS watch is a great idea. Now, I wouldn't be uh, doing this gift idea justice unless I mentioned a couple of watches that you could, you could possibly um, look at. So if you're buying a watch for somebody, and like I said, if they're semi-serious or a serious runner, uh, there's two watches out there I think are just phenomenal deals. Uh, one is the, the Garmin 245, or if the person's into music, the 245 Music, it's two, they're the same watch, same capabilities. One just has the option of uh, downloading music through Spotify or Amazon Music or whatever, you know, you can load that app on the watch, download the music and listen to it while you run with your wireless headset um, or on your treadmill with your wireless headset. Um, or when you're just hanging out around the house, you can uh, listen to music off your watch. But the the, the difference is about 50 to $60 between the 245 and the 245 music. And the deals that I've seen on the Garmin 245 are about $215. And people ask me, you know, why Garmin, why Garmin? Well, honestly, I, I grew up on Garmin. I understand Garmin. I think it's a great watch and the capabilities are pretty phenomenal. Now, we've talked about this and we talked about this last week. Uh, Michelle, you don't wear a Garmin, do you? I don't wear a Garmin. What do you wear, Michelle? I wear a Coros Apex. Yeah, and I've done a lot of research on these Coros watches because they're really interesting. In fact, I read an article and what it said was nobody is being more watched in the GPS watch space than Coros. Coros right. has a watch called the Pace 2. It's their it's technically their bottom watch, you know, they have four watches in their or you can say four or five watches in their their um, um, in their product offerings. And that Coros Pace 2 is a pretty good equivalent to the Garmin 245. So some would say, well, why? Why would you pick one or the other? You know, if, if you want a little more edgy look, uh, if you want a battery that lasts for 20 days, if you don't care about all the little bells and whistles that you get with the Garmin 245, I think the Coros watch is a really good uh, product. And so if you're if you're looking at a gift for somebody who doesn't want music because the chorus watches don't have music, if you're looking for somebody who maybe doesn't, isn't concerned about all the, the, the 20 different activities that you can get on a Garmin and they just want the 15 that are more related to swimming, biking, running, hiking, then I think the Coros uh, Pace 2 is an excellent watch. And the deal on those right now, they're $199. Um, I think that was the, the best price I've seen. I wouldn't be surprised if you get it for a little bit less than that, but I think it's just an absolutely solid, uh, phenomenal watch. Um, you know, again, it's not something I've ever run with. It's not something I use, but Michelle loves hers. I think they have quite a following and I think um, those are two really good options for a GPS watch. 
And just want to throw in that, uh, not to be undersold, but Chorus announced today that they signed uh, Yuli Kipchoge to their roster of sponsored athletes. So, you know, uh, you might get sort of the bottom of the market uh, with the pace too, um, in terms of quote unquote bare bones GPS watches, but you'll also be wearing the same watch as, you know, the fastest marathoner in the world. So uh, that's pretty good time. for Chorus. Right <laughs> I, don't, right I don't want you to... It's, that is not a bottom of the line GPS watch. If, if I said that, I totally misspoke. That's the bottom. Yeah, of I actually don't think you line. said that. Sorry. Yeah, that's the bottom of their line. It is a highly capable watch. And the Garmin 245 that I'm comparing it to is a highly capable watch. There's a whole list of watches in Garmin's um, product offerings that go well below the 245. And there's a whole lot of other manufacturers out there that make watches that I don't think compare to that 245. Mm -hmm. But the, the Chorus Pace 2 is a quality watch. And I, I did want to mention also, if you're just looking to, if $200 sounds like a lot of money for a watch and totally get that, you can, the, the way that some of these, uh, the way, well, the way that Garmin works is 245 is their newest model, but the 235s are still out there for sale. Uh, and those watches, you can get those for under $150 right now. And it's almost an identical watch. It just doesn't have the newest level of their software on it. So a lot of ways to enter the GPS watch market, get a GPS watch for the runner that doesn't have one. Right on. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, uh, you mentioned Elliot Kipchoge is now running with a Koros watch. Um, if you've read um, uh, like Running with the Kenyans by Adiran Finn, um, he talks about how most of them use very simple watches. Yeah, um, and it's like, so interesting to me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like Elliot Kipchoge uses a very simple watch. And so to me, it's it's almost sort of testament to, to, um, to the functionality, but also simplicity of Koros that, that he's now using their watch. Yeah, um, because he doesn't want some super complex watch that can tell right. him how far to the, the, the hole on when he's playing golf, because he doesn't play a whole lot of golf and that's just not what he's really all about. And that's not what he wants from his watch. Right. Yeah. He wants something very simple that can simply track his run. Um, and, and that's kind of what Koros offers, but he also wants something that's high quality because he's the greatest marathoner of all time. Um, and, and I think that's also, as Eric said, what, what Koros offers as well. So yeah, very good. Yeah. I mean, when I started wearing them, I'm not sure that they sponsored any, I don't want to say for sure that they didn't have a professional uh, athlete roster, but now they're all over the road running, uh, mountain running, ultra running. They've, I mean, I think Des wears a chorus now too. So Camille Heron, we just spoke about her. She won JFK. She wears a chorus. So mm -hmm. I also like much like Tracksmith um, kind of just getting themselves into the market, um, getting them, getting themselves known amongst the other bigger brands. I think chorus is doing a great job and, uh, like Eric said, I charge my watch once or twice a month and that's running, you know, 40 something miles a week and two gym workouts and I'm running the watch the whole time and I wear it 24 hours a day. So, uh, anything I don't have to charge <clears throat> works for me. <laughs> right on, right on. Very good. Very good. Eric, when, uh, when you were, came on to talk about GPS way back on episode 127, the first time you were on the podcast, uh, another thing you said was that if you have a GPS watch, it opens you up to the whole like Strava world and the whole social world of, of running and that sort of thing too, which I think is an important thing to consider when you're thinking about watches like this as well. Um, because that was definitely true for me when I first got a GPS bike computer in 2013. I think it was when I got my first GPS bike computer. Um, that's when I started using Strava and that's when I felt like so much more connected to, to, to routes and, and, and the social aspect and all that sort of thing. So I think that's kind of a part of it too. Um, 
that if you have somebody who's not only serious, but they're looking to connect more with the larger community of endurance athletes that are out there, um, a GPS watch can help with that too. And that's, that's a really interesting point. Cause I think two things about that one, it, it makes your world a little bigger mm-hmm. because you might find somebody, you know, I, I ran in South Africa for a little while. Well, I'm still following some people that are in South mm-hmm. Africa. So I get to see their runs back in South Africa that I can't actually do anymore. So it's kind of interesting, you know, you have this now an ecosystem of runners that you define because you decide who you're going to follow much like other social media. And now it's kind of made it bigger. I think the other thing is in this current environment, this COVID environment, nobody is running with anybody. Hmm. There are very few group runs out there. Um, So, but you can go run the same course. You can talk to one another. Uh, I'm coaching runners basically over Strava right now. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a lot of utility to that. And I would say a runner that I'm coaching that doesn't utilize Strava versus a runner I'm coaching that does utilize Strava because her watch connects and she uploads her runs. It's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I get a lot more data back whether that runner wants to tell me or not. Right on, right on. Um, very good. All right. So since we're talking about, since you mentioned, I'm trying to segue here really good from thing to thing here. And so since you mentioned that, that there are some watches that actually come with music capabilities, um, I'm going to segue then into suggesting a pair of headphones. Um, now, I actually don't listen to music when I'm out running. Um, and I don't think anybody should listen to music when they're out riding their bikes um, because it's dangerous and you need to hear the things that are around you. Um, however, I do a lot of stuff inside. Um, I ride my bike a lot inside and I've gotten to where I run on the treadmill a lot inside. Um, and and I do use playlists um, and, and I do uh, listen to things then. There are times when I'm running or riding my bike inside when maybe there are other people in the house who are asleep and, and they don't want to be hearing the music that I'm playing. Um, and so I, I took a while uh, to find a pair of headphones that I liked. Um, and then ultimately I have landed on a few here. Um, and so that's something I would suggest is, is getting a good set of headphones. Um, now you have wireless headphones that connect to something via Bluetooth and you have wired headphones. Um, the wired headphones, um, there's a lot more choices and they're a lot less expensive um, when it comes to those. Um, but wireless headphones, there's all sorts of great ones out there. Um, right now, Apple AirPods and AirPod Pros are on sale for lower prices than they've been really ever before. Um, the uh, the Jaybirds are on sale for about 50% off. Um, uh, some of the Jabras are, are on sale for, for like 30 to 40% off. Um, and so there's lots of really, really good uh, headphones out there wired or wireless um, that are on sale right now. Um, I would also say that that when you wear headphones, it's not just about listening to music or listening to podcasts or listening to this podcast um, while you're doing your workout. Um, but I've also found that in this time, I, as I've said, have been much more social. Um, Eric mentioned a little while ago that he and I uh, and a few other guys get together on Saturday mornings and ride bikes on Zwift together. Well, while we're all riding bikes on Zwift together, we're, we're usually connected on Discord, and so we're all wearing headphones, right? Um, that trainer road group workout that I do on Wednesdays and Friday mornings that I already mentioned, um, we're all connected and we're all wearing headphones and we're all talking to one another when we're not doing the hard parts of the workout. Um, and so when you think about headphones, it's not just about listening to music. It's not just about listening to podcasts, um, but it's also potentially about about connecting with other people uh, virtually through the multiple online platforms that exploded over the course of the past six or seven months here. So, so that's, I think, a really good gift. Have you ever tried something like Aftershocks? 
The only earphones that I have that I don't like are aftershocks. Um, <laughs> and and they uh, are their bone conductions. So they don't go over your ears, right? They kind of right. go on your jaws. Um, and and I like the sound of them, um, but they actually make my jaw hurt. I have the um, same exact problem. I feel like people either, they, they are either the best headphones you've ever had and you'll never go back to anything in the ear or they hurt. <laughs> like yeah. um, When I tried them on in the store, I tried them on at Big Peach. Um, we mentioned them before. Let's throw them out there again. Um, I tried them on at Big Peach and, and really liked them and, and was kind of blown away by the sound. Um, and so I bought a pair and I can't wear them for more than half an hour or so. And they, they literally kind of make my jaw hurt. And that seems like such a strange thing. It makes sense since they're literally conducting the sound through the bones of your jaw, um, but they actually make my jaw hurt and ache. I think it's the like bad music that you listen to <laughs> and that being transmitted. Because if, if, if you've ever heard George's playlist, Michelle, it, it's, it's, a, it's interesting at best. No, Have it's you ever you should... heard his grading playlist? Oh, it's so good. So Michelle, your question, it's funny that you would ask because we've had, we had this conversation also. And George said, you said you liked the sound, but you didn't like the feel. And it's, it's the exact opposite with me. Um, I, I was basically given a set of these and I said, I'll try it out, you know? And what, what I noticed was the sound quality isn't that great, hmm. but uh, um, most in-ear uh, earphones, they hurt me and they fall out. I must have a weird shaped ear canal, ear, whatever. They just don't work. So uh, when I, I actually took a pair of these and I just went for a walk around the block with the dogs and I'm like, this is pretty cool. Um, I had had another uh, pair of earbuds and they wouldn't connect to my phone or sometimes they wouldn't, sometimes they wouldn't or one would and the other wouldn't. These things work every time and they will easily transfer from my phone to my computer to my watch and I, I made fun of George's playlist but George brought up something to me once during a, a ride we were we were doing the tour of Sufferlandria and he would bring the music Michelle and sometimes and what he always said was the music in in the Sufferfest is not his favorite oh my god so it's so his bad. own soundtrack so it's he had his so own soundtrack bad. well I had never I refused to listen to music while I ran, even on the treadmill. I would never do it. But I, when I got these, I said, you know what? I'm going to go for a run. I've got a nice, safe, really well-lit uh, place where I run, uh, nice wide sidewalks to, to run on, or even a nice wide patch on the asphalt. And I went out there, and I had created two playlists. My, I called it the grind playlist, which is just getting through it, and the high-tempo playlist. And I absolutely slayed a workout. <laughs> and, and I, I don't want to say it's all due to the fact that I was listening to music, but it certainly made it easier because it takes your mind off of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this though, going back to what George said, the problem, even with the bone conduction headphones, do not buy into the, these are safe because they're not in your ear. It's still taking up that part of your brain. You still need to be super vigilant and you should never ride a bike with a pair of headphones. I agree. I agree. So. I have a I have a playlist that has like five songs on it, and I always listen to it if I ever run on the trails. I call it my trail mix. Awful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Anyway, I um, like the AirPods. I've had both the regular. I have the Pro now. 
I find with the pro, you really have to make sure that the noise cancellation transparency is just off when you go run. Otherwise, you're hearing all sorts of things in your ear and you're going to have to stop and hmm. change that setting on your phone or figure it out by pinching the AirPod. But I agree, they don't look like they stay in. Um, they stay in great for me. So typically listen to a podcast sometimes or I just don't listen to anything. So Right on, right on. All right, last round, Michelle. Tell us the last thing that you would suggest. Yeah, so again, nothing earth shattering, but um, Picky Bars has their big uh, once a year sale right now. This is kind of my deal. Um, everything, the entire website is 30% off. I love their bars. Um, I don't eat them all the time, but I use them. Uh, I kind of use them interspersed with fuel as I run. They're they have a performance granola that came out a few years ago. That's just amazing. Most of the time I make my own granola, but if I'm ever going to buy a bag of granola and eat it in one sitting, it's going to be this one. Uh, they have an awesome oatmeal and just a bunch of other fun stuff. And it's a, you know, a company owned by Jesse Thomas, George's favorite triathlete. Um, but Steph Bruce, Lauren Fleshman, I mean, you're kind of supporting entrepreneurs and uh, people in the sport and the products are really good. And they've got a brand new product called Drizzle, which is, I mean, it's totally worth trying. You should buy that for somebody. I think it's probably 11 or 12 bucks on the sale. Um, so that's kind of my, I stock up this time of year for sure. What is Drizzle? Can you, oh God, can you it's describe just, what Drizzle is? Because you said it's really good, but you just gave us the name. Like I, I I don't know how to explain it. It's like an almond cinnamon paste and you just like squeeze it onto stuff. It's liquid. It's like something, it's basically like if you had a pouch of nut butter, but it was a little bit more liquidy and you just like sprinkle it onto anything. I mean, you can put it on a banana, you can put it in oatmeal. Um, that sounds really good. All right, so there we go. The picky bars. Courtesy of Michelle. What's your last one, Eric? So George, the 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 trend of the the gifts that I've been talking about has been very personal items. So I figured I would I would end with uh, another personal item, and um, I think percussion massage tools um, yeah. are are actually a really really good recovery tool, and, and in some ways you can use them as a as a you know a warm up tool. Uh, I would not have one of these if, uh, if someone didn't get it for me, this is as cool as that thing looks. I, I'm a very, you know, I grew up stretching. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, yoga was even strange to me. Um, I will admit it works. Uh, but you know, even using a foam roller was a little weird to me and it took me a little while to get used to it. Like, why do I need that when I can just stretch or, you know, one of those, uh, just a leg roller with the, with the little plastic, uh, balls and one on it. But somebody bought me one of these uh, percussion massage tools and I, I'm a believer. It's a, you know, you can spend uh, 10 or 15 minutes after a, a hard workout. Uh, you know, I still stretch and whatnot, but you can spend 10 or 15 minutes after a hard workout and just um, use that massage tool on your leg, um, on your calf, on your quads, uh, on your hamstrings. And it really does work out all the little knots. I, 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 I'm not going to say you feel refreshed and new and you can just, you know, jump up and go run another 10 K, but it certainly, uh, 
works out all that's left over after you do a good stretch. And uh, with all the different, uh, con you know, the different types of um, heads that you can put on them. Um, and if, if you just, I think it's important to read a good guide on how to use it. Um, but with all of that, you know, uh, you can also, if you've got someone with you, they can help you like uh, get the tension out of your neck, you know, your back, uh, your lower back and all those, uh, all those spots. And I guess some people can reach those on their own, but I just, I'm a believer in that tool. And um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I think, I think it's a great tool. Now, uh, since it is a, you know, a, a, not just a, what's a good gift idea, but are there any deals out there? Um, the, the specific uh, percussion tool that I have is an add a day. Uh, but I, I didn't see any good deals for that. But I did see the uh, Hypervolt uh, Bluetooth version. Uh, it's $70 off. So it's still $280. But that's a pretty deep cut to the, you know, the, uh, the full price there, um, which is about $350. Um, and much like the socks and the watch, there's something that, well, you're not going to use the same pair of socks every day, but you're going to use the watch every day. Uh, I use this philosophy of like a mattress. You spend a lot of money on a mattress because you're going to spend more time in your bed than on any other piece of furniture in your house, if you think about it. So you just put the money into the mattress. I feel like this tool um, is, it replaces so much other stuff that you might need. And it is something you can use every day if you use it correctly. It's not about jabbing it into the muscle and, you know, you know, there's nothing about doing it, you know, harder is better. This is about just, um, just pushing, you know, or, or it's about working out those small uh, knots and whatnot in your muscle smoothly. And I think that this is a great product. Right on. I'm a believer. Right on, right on man. Very good. Do you have one of these, Michelle? I don't own a Hypervolt. Um, I'm actually... I never really understand if these were meant, uh, like Eric said, to be used, you know, for us to use it on ourselves or as kind of like a therapy tool. My experience with Hypervolt is I feel like when I get into a bad rut, I typically deal with either PT or Graston or uh, a massage guy. And the massage guy that I go to, I mean, Hypervolt, he's used it on me many times. And, and there are times where I would give complete credit to my entire recovery um, just to that device. But the way that he uses it, I don't think I could do it to myself, but. You got three daughters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my experience with it is like, this is a total torture device. Like it gets so deep in the quad tissues and uh, the TFL. Um, I just, it makes me cringe when I think about the pain, but then it's over. and there's nothing else that's ever been used in like a therapeutic measure on my body like that, that, that has been as effective as quickly as the hypervolt. So, wow. um, can't speak to using it by me for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can speak to having had it used and it's amazing. So right on. Very good. Very good. You may have convinced me, but we'll see. Well, I would say that that, so that's why I mentioned, read up on how to use it because sure. I don't think that the methodology that that's being utilized by the PT on you is something that someone should try to do at home. I think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense. Um, right. 
I am, and I had a friend who he, he's, uh, he's dealt with some injuries and whatnot. And he messaged me and said, Hey, have you ever tried one of these? And I literally had the thing for three days, but in that three days, I had done so much research that I told him very simply, you don't press at all. You just let it run, you yeah. know, and you don't go for the super high frequency. You pick a medium level frequency and then you always just draw it towards your heart. You just draw it towards your heart. And I think that aligns with some, you know, massage techniques. Um, and I think that that, that has certainly worked for me. That has certainly worked for me. How I feel before and after is night and day. Yep. And, and, but there's no pain involved, you know, and it's just, it's just a real quick way sitting there watching TV. And I did hear one person said to me, his comment was, how loud is it? Cause I heard the louder it is, the, the more effective it is. It's not that uh, loud. Yeah, the added day I have, we can watch TV and you don't have to turn the TV up at all. Yeah. That thing is super quiet. I've never, like I said, I haven't used the Hypervolt, but I've heard a lot about them, a lot of positive stuff about it. So just awesome. Very good. Very good. All right. Last thing that I'll mention here, I can't quite come up with a good uh, segue, is a nice solid pair of sunglasses. Um, do you wear sunglasses, Eric? You know, George, I do. I have a bunch of great pairs of sunglasses, but my favorite, you know, they came from my daughter. She actually bought a pair for everybody in the family. We really like to run in those gooder sunglasses. Oh. <laughs> I just served that up to you, didn't I? Uh, very good. Eric and I have an ongoing joke about how much I dislike gutter sunglasses, how, 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 what terrible pieces of garbage I think that they are. So even though I, I agree, the design of them is very appealing, but they are just awful, awful things to, to actually use. But no, I, uh, I do suggest a good pair of sunglasses and whether it's gooder or whether it's Oakley or whether it's Roca or whether it's Nate Sport or whatever it happens to be, um, whether it's Tofosi, I do suggest a good solid pair of sunglasses. Um, um, I think that the most important thing when you're looking for a pair of sunglasses, there's two things. One is, uh, are they lightweight? Um, because you want them to almost feel as if they're disappearing on your face. Uh, if you feel like you're, you're carrying something heavy on your face, uh, then you're not much going to like it. Um, and then the other thing I think is they need to not fog. Um, and it's that second thing that I think is a lot trickier than the first one. Um, I have owned Oakley sunglasses. I've owned uh, Tafosi sunglasses. I've owned Smith Optics uh, sunglasses. Um, I've owned, um, never owned Roka sunglasses. Uh, and all of those right now are, have some pretty screaming deals. Um, my go-to pair of running sunglasses right now is actually a pair that I bought um, at the Philadelphia Marathon Expo because I forgot my Nike sunglasses at home. Um, and it was the only group that was set up there and it was called Nate Sport. That's N-A-U-T-E Sport. Um, and I bought a model that was of course named the Marathon. Um, and uh, they said that, that they wouldn't fog and they were guaranteed not to fog. And it's been two years plus and they have never fogged. Um, and so it is not the most expensive pair by any stretch. And in fact, even uh, with the 50 to $60 per pair that they normally are, I was on their website earlier today and I found that, that most of them are uh, 30 to 50% off right now. Um, and so, so uh, it's a less expensive piece of gear. Um, I like running in sunglasses, not only because it makes me, um, it keeps the sun out of my eyes and keeps me from squinting and helps me to relax, but also, and, and y'all might disagree with me on this, I like to run in sunglasses sometimes because I sometimes get nervous about making eye contact with other people. Um, or just don't want to make eye contact. And just don't That's want me. to make, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and even in race, particularly in races, 
Um, in marathons, it can be overcast and I'll put on a pair of sunglasses because I don't want to feel the pressure of having to interact with the crowd. Um, and so I don't want to inadvertently make eye contact with somebody and then feel obliged to say hello to them or something like that. Um, if I'm wearing sunglasses, I might make eye contact with them, but they won't know because I'm wearing sunglasses. They can't see my eyes. Um, and so, so, so I actually prefer oftentimes to run in sunglasses, even if I don't necessarily need them because they help me to, to go more inside of my own world and inside my own head. What do y'all think? I have a pair of Rokas that I love. They don't fog. Um, I'll just plug Roka. They've got a lot of stuff, almost 50% off for Black Friday and probably into Cyber Monday and who knows, maybe the whole month of December. But um, I also have a bunch of pair of Gooder sunglasses. I find that I continually, no matter what race it is, no matter whether it's sunny or overcast, run the debate of just sunglasses, hat and sunglasses, hat, put the sunglasses on top of the bill if I don't want them on my eyes. It is the most debated uh, piece of apparel or whatever you wanna call it for me every race day, uh, give or take. So um, I get frustrated with sunglasses, I would say is my feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, understandable. Well um, yeah, Roka, you mentioned that they have, uh, they, they have a lot of sunglasses on sale. They also have a lot of wetsuits on sale right now as well for some pretty deep discounts as well. And so Good luck if getting that size, correct? So, <laughs> so if you are looking to buy a wetsuit, if you're a triathlete looking to buy a wetsuit, they have some pretty deep discounts on their high-end wetsuits as well. And those are, those are really, really good wetsuits. As a matter of fact, I had a swim skin back when I used to do triathletes. It was, uh, triathlons. It was a, there was a Roka swim skin. Eric, what were you going to say? So Michelle, what, what, uh type of rokas do you wear so i think mine are the barton they oh. were out of stock for a while but I, I mean i think they were gone for about a year and a half or two years but i think they just came back very um, cool that's a very cool uh, it's also life. a frame that you can just wear uh daily it doesn't you know it's not a super sporty it's a it could be an athleisure look too if you're going for the cross you know buy one pair of sunglasses athleisure. for everything <laughs> very good all right y'all Final words for everybody out there. Eric, what you got? Well, I think we put out a lot of good gift ideas. There's a lot of deals out there. I think you just got to stay away from buying a shirt for somebody. <laughs> Excuse me. Unless it's the shirt that I recommend. Michelle, oh, final words. It's a base layer. That's not a shirt, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, um, final words. So I would say if you uh, use one of our deals that we've mentioned when buying a gift for yourself or someone else, just make sure you check out the return policy especially right if you're on. not sure if you're going to like right. it or the good recipient's going to like it. Good call. Good call. Happy end of the semester, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to those who are listening to us here in the United States. Thanks everybody for joining us. That'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at Pleasant Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. And you can always download our podcast from Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, ITL Coaching and Performance at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, at Facebook, facebook.com slash itlcoachingandperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. You can check out Blue Pineapple Travel at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, SlayerX. You can find them at slayerx.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash here4slayerx. That's the number four, here4slayerx. 
on Instagram at here for SlayRx. Again, the number four, and on Twitter at official SlayRx. Don't forget the discount code Pleasant2020. On behalf of Patrick Ollinger and Michelle Frank, this is George Darden. We appreciate you joining us on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.